Take your Bible, open it up with me this evening to Joshua chapter 1 as we just continue on the series of learning from the testimonies of Old Testament men and women. And let me just remind you that the basis of it is what Paul says when he said that, that the life stories of the people in the Old Testament were written for our instruction. Some of them are written to teach us deep spiritual truths. Some of them are written to encourage us in our walk with the Lord. And some of them are written as warnings to us about uh, the high price of departing from the Lord. Tonight we're going to look at the testimony of Joshua. And Joshua's testimony is one that is both instructive and encouraging about what it means to follow the Lord with a whole heart. I want you to read with me, if you will, in Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said uh, to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all of the people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel." Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness that is Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, having, uh, being careful to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from it from the right hand or to the left, that you might have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For when you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If Joshua were to share his testimony and talk to us about what it means to follow the Lord with a whole heart, there are five things that he would tell us. Number one, he would tell us that, that following the Lord with a whole heart sometimes means standing alone or standing in a minority. You find that in the first two verses where it talks about the death 
of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and, and the Lord saying to Joshua, the, uh, the assistant of, of Moses, now that Moses is dead, arise and go over this Jordan and all of the people into the land that I am giving them to the, to the people of Israel. Now, those two verses take us back 40 years. Numbers 13, when Israel, have, after taking that short journey in the wilderness and God teaching them over and over his power and faithfulness to provide their every need, taking them to Mount Sinai and giving them his law, the revelation of his holiness and his will for the way his people are to live before him. And then he gives them the tabernacle, that portable house of worship that is to be the center of the life of Israel to remind them that the Lord is their king, he is their God. And then they are to go into the promised land. But they come to Kadesh Bardia on the brink of the Jordan River. They're in the wilderness. On the other side is the promised land. But instead of going in immediately and taking the land, they send out 12 spies to recon the land. The 12 spies come back. And when they come back, there are two reports. There is the report of unbelief. There are 10 of them who say the land is wonderful, the land is great, everything we could ever want is in that land, but we can't have it because there are giants that live in fortified cities and there's no way that we can conquer them. There was the minority report, Joshua and Caleb, who said the land is everything that God said it would be. And yes, there are giants that live in the land in fortified city, but we can take them because God has given them to us. And Israel votes, and they vote with the ten spies of unbelief. And for the next 40 years, Joshua and Caleb wander in the wilderness among a generation of unbelief. They stand alone as those who trust God with all of their heart. Now, it's important to realize that while that unbelieving generation is dying out, it is the influence of Joshua and Caleb that's going to raise up a new generation that will believe the Lord. And here in Joshua 1, we'll go into the promised land. But now for 40 years, they live in a generation of unbelief. And the massive and rapid cultural changes that are happening in America... Where wrong is called right, and right is called wrong, you and I are going to be tested in the depth of our commitment to the Lord. As Christians are marginalized and hostility is expressed against us, there are some who will cave under the pressure, will fold and compromise to fit in. 
There are major denominations in America right now that are on the brink of splitting because they have one group that says, you know, we've got to live with the spirit of the age. And so they are the advocates of gay marriage and ordaining homosexuals as pastors. And on the other side, you have those who hold to the word of God. When was the last time you saw a positive portrayal of a Bible-believing Christian on TV? Commended in the news. We live in a day of great pressure. And the question is, do we stand by faith? Do we just identify with the word of God, period? To follow the Lord our God with all of our hearts allows no compromise with the spirit of the age. It demands fidelity to the word of God. And that's what Joshua would say to us. You believe God, you won't always be in the majority. But I want you to know you stay faithful and you'll raise up another generation of champions for Christ. The second thing that Joshua would tell us about following the Lord with a whole heart is that it, that it means the obedience of faith. After the mantle of leadership is passed on to Joshua by the Lord. The Lord makes some promises to him. Number one, promises come from the word of God. Look at verse three. He says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. I told Moses if he believed me, he would go into the land. There would be no obstacle that would stand before him. I'm making the same promise to you. You go into the land, and everywhere you set your foot, I'm going to give to you. Faith always starts with a promise from God. Faith isn't just a shot in the dark. It isn't just hoping something will pass. It is the sure confidence that what God has said, he will surely do. And then faith is expressed in the courage of following the Lord. Did you notice as we read through this first chapter that three times, Three times the Lord says to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And, and, and all of it is based upon the fact that God is going to be over what he is going to, to bring to pass in the inheritance of the promised land. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
Be courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I want, you know, we talked about leadership this morning, and we talked about the courage of conviction. Convictions are always built upon the clear promise and direction of God. And then, obedience to the Word of God. Listen to what the Lord says to Joshua. He says in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. But, here's the, here's the heart of it. Being careful to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. When you and I come to the, to the Bible, we don't come looking for multiple choice. Well, I like this, I don't like that. No, it's all the Word of God. And we're to be careful that it is the standard of faith and the standard of practice of living before God. You and I don't study the Bible out of intellectual curiosity to know more. We study the Bible that God can speak to our hearts, reveal himself and his way for the life of his people. He said you're going to be careful that you, you do not turn from it from the right or the left. You just keep the word of God and you'll have good success wherever you go. Now, to do that, you've got to be a, a hungry student of the Word of God. Did you see what he said in verse 8 to Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night, so you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it. I want you to know you need to read the Bible every day. You need a quiet time. You need a place where all the distractions are gone and you open up the Word of God and you read. But you don't read and close it and forget it and go along your way. You read it to meditate upon it, to think deeply so that you can know God's will. I've got a neighbor lives just kind of cat a corner across the street. Um, I was his father's interim pastor when he was just a little kid. And uh, I asked Steve, why don't you walk with me in the mornings? And so we just started walking and, and we'd just talk about what the Lord was doing in his life and he'd ask me questions and we talked and talked. We walked together for about two weeks and I said, uh, Steve, have you ever memorized scripture? He said, oh man, I can't memorize scripture. I said, yes, you can. So what I want you to do is on our walk, we're going to memorize Romans 6. We're going to memorize one verse a day, and we're just going to build on it, build on it, and build on it. Oh, and 
he said, okay, and so we started. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer? And then do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death and on and on you were also partaker of his resurrection. And, and, and so we, we, we just go over those verses. We go back to the first verse and we'd add and add and add. But then we would just talk about what it means. How does that apply to our lives? What does it look like? For me to say, and I've died to the old man, and I've received a brand new life in Christ. And I just watched, boy, the world open up for Steve. You know what he's doing now? He's teaching a Sunday school class. First time in his life. Just fell in love with meditating, thinking deeply on the Word of God. And then, as, as, as Joshua talks about this obedient faith, he also wants us to know that God's presence is practically realized by faith because the Lord says to him over and over again in, in verse 6, I will be with you, I will not leave you nor forsake you, be strong and courageous. In verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not dismay, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so the obedience life is the life of faith. The third thing that Joshua would tell us about uh, following the Lord with all of our heart is to understand that God is bigger than any of our obstacles. Joshua 6 is the exciting story of the conquest of Jericho. As, as, uh, as Joshua leads the children of Israel across the Jordan River, the, the, the priest going before, and each time they step, the water recedes, and God lets them go into dry ground. The first obstacle that they face is the biggest one uh, in Cana, and that is the city of Jericho. It was a huge fortified city. Its walls were so thick that, that uh, a chariot pulled by six horses could run around the top. And, and God gives Joshua the most unusual battle strategy you could ever imagine. He didn't tell him how to amass his army and launch a frontal attack. He didn't Talk to him about building ramparts, uh, uh, enter the building. He didn't talk about digging tunnels. He just said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to gather the children of Israel, and I want you to march around the city of Jericho six times. Or, or one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to walk around it six times in silence, not saying a word. And then the seventh time, I want you to give a shout of praise to the Lord. Now, I would say that's a supernatural 
strategy. <laughs> Joshua would have never thought that up. But he gathered the people and they marched around Jericho. Now, God says as they marched those six days and the sixth time on the seventh day, they're not to say a word. I think there's a reason for that. If God allowed them to talk, it wouldn't, you know, they'd have talked themselves out of faith. I mean, can't, can't you imagine? They're walking around, and here are all the soldiers of Jericho, and they're laughing and they're joking. And if God would have allowed them to talk, there'd have been two guys at the back. And one would have said, oh, this is the silliest thing I've ever seen. I mean, this will never work. And, and that would have just passed up the line. They'd have talked themselves out of faith. So I want you to know, there is no end to the walk of faith. When you and I have the word of God clear, we just walk in obedience. And so, six days, six times around the wall of Jericho. The seventh day, six times in silence around. And then they walk around it that seventh time. And when they do, they let out the shout of victory, the shout of praise, the shout of the glory of God. And you know what happened? The walls of Jericho come tumbling down. I want you to know God works in power to his glory when we walk in obedience to him by faith. We were in a deacon's meeting. And Fisher Street had been an old community church and community change. Everybody moved to the other side of town. They were driving back. And our community had gone through about three transitions. And so we said, you know, if we're going to be here, we've got to reach the people here. And so we mapped out every home in a three-mile radius. I mean, we mapped out every home. And we went and we knocked on every door. And we shared Jesus. If somebody wasn't home, we marked it and we went back to it next time. We knocked on every door. And we shared Jesus with everyone in that community. We had a lot of people saved. We didn't have one person join our church because <laughs> they came to our church and when they walked on the parking lot and they saw the cars, they were different. When they walked in, we were friendly. We welcomed them, but we dressed differently. Everything. There was another church. We filled up <laughs> because it was like the community. Well, we came to the place of realizing that we probably needed to relocate. And we found a piece of property where Highland Drive Baptist Church is today. And we didn't have any money. And we just said, let's pay for it. Let's buy it by faith. 
and pay for it by faith. And one deacon said, now, Pastor, you can just take this faith stuff so far. That was the same one who didn't like to pray. But everybody said, we'll do it. Six months, we paid everything off. I want to know you can trust God for things that are a whole lot bigger than you are if they come out of the Word of God. The fourth thing that Joshua would tell us about following the Lord with a whole heart is a word of warning. For he would tell us that little sins cause big problems. Joshua 6 is this wonderful story of God giving them the citadel of Jericho. And God said, because I am giving it to you. And it's a supernatural. You don't win the victory. I've won the victory. All of the spoils of Jericho are to be consecrated to me, to my worship, ultimately to the building of my house. But you come to Joshua 7, and you have the embarrassing story of the defeat of Israel at the little town, little city of Ai. Now they just had this great victory over the strongest of the enemies. And Joshua sends a recon team out and they come back from Ai and they said, man, don't send the army out there. I mean, it's a little place. Just take a couple of units. Send 3,000 men out. I mean, we can clean this thing up before breakfast. And they go down to Ai, and they are thoroughly defeated. 36 of the army of Israel were killed, and the rest were chased out. And they come back with their tail between their legs, telling Joshua that they had been defeated. And Joshua has a pity party. He comes to the Lord. And he said, Lord, why have you led us here to destroy us? What am I going to tell the people? And the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you whining? You want to know what the problem is? The problem is that Everything in Jericho was to be consecrated to me, but someone has taken some of the spoils for themselves. And that little sin robbed Israel of the power of God. And so Joshua calls Israel together. Have the tribes come out. And a man by the name of Achan steps forward. And Joshua said, Give glory to God and tell me what you've done. 
And Achan said, you know, there was just so much riches in Jericho. And boy, I saw this good-looking coat. And I saw this wedge of gold. And I thought, this is so little compared to so much. So I took them for myself and I hid them in my tent. Sin can be hidden for a little while but it ultimately will be exposed. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And here's Achan, one man who has brought defeat to Israel. Now listen to me, sin must be dealt with <clears throat> decisively. They take Achan out and they stone him. <laughs> you say, wow, that's tough. I want you to know the presence and the power of God is all that matters. I'm glad he doesn't stone us, but he convicts us. He exposes what's hidden in our heart that would quench his spirit, that would grieve the spirit, that would rob us of that overwhelming sense of God's presence and the powerful moving of God. And he does it so that we can deal with sin decisively in our lives. Now listen to me. You might say, man, I, I, you know, I, I don't steal. I, I don't commit adultery. But Jesus said, it's not what you do outwardly, it's what's in the heart. If you can speak ill of a brother or a sister, if you lust deep in your heart, you have trouble with your mind, with your tongue, with your hands. God, the Holy Spirit exposes. I found something out in my life. When I've got sin in my life, I come, become really uncomfortable in the Bible. You ever, hear, you ever get there? I mean, you open it up, you begin to read, and, and then, you know, just, just you know, Pow! There it is. Well, God does that for a reason. First John 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But 
if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful. And though I'm not perfect, I can be clean. We sang that song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's a fifth thing that Joshua would tell us. Following the Lord with a whole heart is understanding that decisions that we make make or break our families. Joshua 24. Joshua is coming to the end of his life, his leadership. He's giving his farewell words to Israel. And he says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods. Don't, don't be covetous. Don't be worshiping anything more than you worship God. Get rid of all of the idols in your hearts. Put away the gods your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And then he says this, and if it is evil in your eye to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the regions beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Parents, grandparents, you and I make critical decisions that impact our children for good or for evil. You let other things take God's place in your life. You count other things as more important than Him. Don't be surprised if your children go farther than that in rejecting the Lord. But if you, if you, Walk after the Lord with a whole heart. There'll be those that'll follow you. Years ago, I heard W.A. Criswell preach at the convention center in Memphis. And he preached on the family. And he told a story that just had a profound impact on my life. He talked about a lawyer in Dallas that came to him, the First Baptist Church of Dallas one day, and said, 
Dr. Chriswell, I want you to counsel my son. He's in rebellion. He won't do anything that his mother and I tell him to do. And I need to see if you can help him. Dr. Crystal said, sir, I'll be glad to talk to your son, but first of all, let me talk to you about your relationship with the Lord. The lawyer got indignant. He said, I didn't come here for you to preach to me. I came here to see if you could help my son. And Dr. Crystal said, I said to him, sir, with that attitude, I'll talk to your son, but I doubt that it'll do any good. He said he met with that son, said it was the most rebellious young person he'd ever met. He said the next Sunday, as he was rising to come to the pulpit, he noticed that the back doors of the sanctuary opened and this lawyer dad slipped in and sat on the back row. And when he finished the sermon and prayed before he gave the invitation, the lawyer dad slipped out. He said that went on for three weeks. He'd rise to preach, and that lawyer dad would come in and sit on the back row and then slip out. He said on the fourth week, he was sitting in his chair looking out, and he noticed that the lawyer dad was there at the first of the service, and he had moved halfway up. And he stayed for the whole service. And he said, that went on for three weeks. The lawyer dad sitting halfway up the sanctuary there for the whole service. He said, on the seventh Sunday, he came out and he looked. And lo and behold, that lawyer dad was sitting on the front row. He said, that Sunday morning, as he rose to preach, he saw the back doors of the church open. And that rebellious son slipped in and sat on the back row. When he had prayed before the invitation, that son slipped out. The father never knew the son was there. Dr. Crystal said that went on for another three weeks. The lawyer father on the front, the rebellious son coming in. He said on the 10th Sunday, he preached and he gave the invitation. He went down and that lawyer dad bolted, grabbed him, put his head on his shoulder, sobbing, wanting to be saved. Dr. Crystal said, while I was patting him on his back, I looked up the aisle. And here came that rebellious son and said, all I could do was grab him and say, look back, Dad. Look back, Dad. Someone is following you. Moms and dads, grandmamas and granddaddies, there's somebody that's following you. Make sure you lead them to Jesus and following him with a whole heart. Whatever the pressures, whatever the temptations, whatever the distractions, 
you stand and say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Amen.